Aloha! This is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special episode of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I interviewed Julius Idano, the owner of Westside Comics and Games. Aloha, guys. This is Jason from Hawaii. I'm here at Westside Comics and Games, and I'm here with my good friend Julius Idano. So, um, before we start the interview, you know, we're, I'm interviewing him during uh, his shop during store hours. So, you know, it's like I'm going to be stopping this interview every so often as he helps customers. So, just like I said, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So, without any further ado, here is Julius Idano. Julius, how you doing? How's it going, everybody? All right. So, Julius, I'm going to say, you know, again, you know, can you give out the store's name, address, phone number, and social platform? Well, we are Westside Comics and Games, located at 590 Farrington Highway, uh, Unit 538. That's in the Kapolei Marketplace in Kapolei, Hawaii. Okay. And what about where can people um, reach you guys on um, social media? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, we're on Facebook, so Westside Comics and Games, Westside being one word. Uh, we also have a website at www.westsidecomicsandgames.com. Uh, for right now, those are the only active uh, media sites that we uh, we maintain. Okay. And then, how long has the store been open, Julius? Well, we opened in 2013, August of 2013, so about four years now. Okay. So, um, based on basically, next year you guys will make it five years then. Yes, yes, yeah. we'll actually be doing some special stuff next year for our fifth year anniversary, so. Oh, okay. And then, if you don't mind me asking, like, you know, um, can you describe your store? Well, we're a fairly small shop, and we're located in a... Uh, a suburban area of, of Oahu. Um, the store is about one-third comics, two-thirds games, so it does games do get a lot more play here in the shop. But we, as a, an aficionado of comics myself, I wanted to make sure that we had people who lived on this side of the island that had a way of getting comic books. It's, you know, Mm-hmm. That way, I don't have to drive too far to get them myself. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like, how big is your staff over here? Well, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a small shop. It's eight hundred square feet, um, and we do have myself and two part-time employees that work here, and that's it. Oh, okay, all right. Now, you know, um, just to get some street cred, I'm going to ask, what was the first comic you read? <laughs> uh, I actually remember that very well. Captain America 175. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the story on that? Yes, that was when uh, Captain America engaged the Secret Empire, and that's where he was, uh, where the Secret Empire guy revealed himself to Captain America. It's, it's, I don't know why, but that like sticks out in my mind. <laughs> and it's kind of ironic because this year that they did the Secret Empire series, right? <laughs> yes, that that is quite funny. So yeah, no. It's good stuff. And then, you know, after, after that, uh, it, was, it was all downhill. <laughs> tons of different comics after that. So. <laughs> How long have you been a comic book fan? Well, uh, I read that comic, I think, when I was eight or nine years old. And I have been a fan of comic books ever since. So uh, as a hobby, I mean, I've been doing it forever. I'm not, I'm not really a big investor. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't buy comics to... to you know, to increase, you know, to hold it for value. But mm-hmm. I, I buy them because I like to read them. And if they end up having some value later on, that's, you know, power to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, currently, what's your favorite um, comic or comic book series right now? Right now, I'd have to say Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in fact, I haven't been a Batman fan for very long as far as comic book writer, reading. 
but lately the the stories have been just wonderful. I mean, things that would make a great TV series. Hear that, DC? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to clarify. This is the Tom King run. Is that correct? Yes, that would be okay. correct. Yes. All right. And then, um, are you? Um, what is it that you like about this current Batman run? Well, I, the thing I like the most about the run is it it really delves into the characters souls a lot more uh, personalities a lot of you know a, a very good writing I mean things that even if it were not Batman or Catwoman I think had you seen that in an episode of Game of Thrones you would mm-hmm. you would have found it entertaining mm-hmm. you know, so uh, it's good writing <laughs> okay and then um, you know what did you do before you opened the store what was your job, yeah, before you opened up your dream job? <laughs> uh, my life before uh, before the shop was completely different. I uh, I was actually in in uh, lending and finance. Uh, I had uh, run a credit union for about uh, one single credit union for close to 10 years, but all together in the financial industry about just over 20 years worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I was very glad to finally open the shop. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, I know before we started the interview, we were talking about, um, you know, like that you you had your own eBay store, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, before the shop, I had a lot of practice selling stuff <laughs> by selling it on eBay, yes. Mm-hmm. And then um, how long did you do that? Well, I did that for maybe six or seven years before I opened the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, you know, not very, it was an eBay store, but uh, mostly I sold... Uh, hero clicks figures, uh, you know, collectible figures, uh, n- gaming figures, not uh, not statuettes and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and some comics. So mm-hmm. that was uh, that was me. Almost the same ratio of of how I'm selling it now. About one third comics, maybe two thirds in gaming mer- merchandise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Now you know um, your experience as a manager in finance, in like a financial financial institution, and also like a. Um, um, having your eBay store did that help you prepare you um, for the job um, for the store? Well, it did a little bit, um, and and certainly running, uh, working in the financial world was very helpful. And and having been a manager in the in a in a regular nine to five type job, did teach you a lot of skills about how to operate a business, just generically, you know, like accounting and mm-hmm. merchant uh, marketing and things like that. Um, and the eBay store gave me a good feel for, like, you know, what people were interested in as far as, uh, like, pop mem- you know, pop items that people would be interested in. Um, but, of course, actually running the store is a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the local, and, and it's very localized, you know, because okay. the local community has needs here and desires here. Like, some of the yeah. games that work well here may not work in, even in other parts of just this island. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but it, and it's kind of interesting to see the differences. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, and that part I think we're going to cover that just a little bit later on in the interview. Um, I'm going to ask you. So, what made you follow your dream to open up um, your own store? <laughs> I think my mother can tell you that. I I talked from a way way back about opening a store. I think the f- the first time I actually voiced the desire to open a store was back in high school. Uh, and I I had mentioned it to my mother, a long time ago, and I I, I I think at the time she was you know she, she didn't uh, she didn't try to dissuade me from doing it, but mm-hmm. I don't think she was enthusiastic enthusiastically trying to support me either. I think 
she was preferring that I became a doctor or a lawyer, like <laughs> all good mothers do. So, um, but yeah, that I, I, it's something. It's a dream I've always wanted to do. Um, partly because growing up as a child, all of these interests, all of the things that I sell here, were things that were so important to me. They were they were such a big part of my life, and they kept me away from very bad things. You know, I mm-hmm. you you don't. You know, when you play a game like Warhammer 40K, where mm-hmm. the you know the to start an army will cost you five six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know you don't have time for drugs or you don't have money for <laughs> drugs because you you want to get that money to to get the games going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I stayed away. I didn't I didn't do gangs. I didn't do drugs. You know, so it was it helped me a lot. And I think you know even if I can help a few people, a few young kids to to stay away from drugs and 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 find something more more rewarding to do then mm-hmm. yeah that's great then I've saved somebody yeah <laughs> so okay so um so back in high school like um you have to refresh my memory so was this like dungeon and dragon games I can't I can't remember yeah I actually since uh, I grew up I graduated 1983 <laughs> <laughs> uh, since I grew up uh middle school being in the late 70s my interests originally were in military gaming um, like military style board games I guess you know starting with games like Risk and Mm -hmm. then working my way up to more complicated games like uh, Advanced Squad Leader and things like that things that you know that have 300 page rule books now (laughs) Um, so I started with that uh, and then eventually I I gravitated to other stuff Dungeons and Dragons did play uh, an early part of my my gaming life mm-hmm. because that was also very important mm-hmm. because that you know when you play a board game it's typically just me and one other person but when yeah. you play Dungeons and Dragons now you're talking about me and six other people mm-hmm. and you know the social that was my socialization that's that's how I socialized so wow that's pretty good yeah and then um I know we're going to talk about the gaming that gaming part a little bit later on so um yeah so I'll, I'll touch more upon on that later um and then um when you open the store, or actually, I should say, let me go back. Um, when did you finally actually make the decision to go, hey, I want to open a store? Uh, I probably made that decision about maybe late 2011, so about a year and a half maybe before the shop opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, I had I had a yearning to do something different. Mm-hmm. And and I, I had considered like applying for a different position, doing a different, working at a different credit union. But then, you know, it occurred to me that that would just be a change of scenery, but it would be the same old job that I'd been doing for twenty something mm-hmm. years. And in the back of my head, there'd always been this yearning to do what I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was going to open a game store for a long time, mm-hmm. and originally I, it was something I was going to do. I had thought originally that it was something I was going to do when I retired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the yearning was very strong. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, then I looked into the, the you know, uh, studied the feasibility of it. And I go, you know, what? it's feasible. So that yeah. said mm-hmm. open. Yeah. And then um, now I'm going to describe to our listeners basically we're, tor- we're like on the, um, what's it? Cop- on the Kapolei side, more the west side of the island of Definitely Oahu. Definitely west side, yes. Okay. I'm going to ask, so um, how did you decide to choose this location? Well, one of the things, one of the objectives of opening the shop is, because there's, there's other shops already spread out around the island, mm-hmm. um, 
but one of the objectives was to to be able to provide this kind of stuff to people where it's not easily accessible to them. You know, mm -hmm. everybody who lives out on this side to reach one of the other game shops would have to drive at least an hour mm -hmm. yeah. to get to town. Yes. And you know, if you want to just buy a bottle of paint, you know, you don't want to drive an hour yeah. just to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's you know the one of the things that motiv uh, motivated me to look at doing it out here. Mm -hmm. So, oh, okay. And I'm going to say to our listeners, when we mean town, we're talking, you know, Honolulu, like the main city on Oahu. Um, but no, yeah, I, I understand because I live in IA. I, you know, if I want to go to, when I used to go to the comic shops, it took me like 30 minutes, you know, even 45 minutes, depending on traffic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, this this makes it easier for me. I mean, you got to imagine that's, I'm just talking about driving to town from here. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of customers from Waianae. Yeah, which is a community right. 30, 45 minutes past here. Mm -hmm. So those guys have to go to town. We're, we're talking at least an hour and a half, maybe mm -hmm. two hours, depending on traffic. Oh, you know? yeah. So, you know, if you just, and we, as we all know, I mean, comic books is something that you really got to go to your comic book shop weekly. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be driving two hours weekly just <laughs> to buy your comic books. <laughs> um, you know, and that's perfect because that's going to lead me into my next section of the question. It's like, you know, um, you know, how are you attracting customers now besides word of mouth or your regular customers? How else are you reaching new customers? Well, word of mouth is still our, our main uh, way of getting, getting the word out. Um, mm -hmm. As you know, it's a very niche market, um, and broad-based advertising really doesn't work very well mm -hmm. um, at this level. You know, it's certainly where we're at. So... Uh, but we, in addition to that, we do a lot of social media. We're very active on Facebook. We do a lot of stuff there. Um, one of the things that we did recently, which also was successful, was we uh, tied in with the local movie theater, oh. uh, and they ran uh, advertising for us at the theaters in front, uh, you know, in front of a couple of big uh, blockbuster type movies like Wonder Woman, for mm -hmm. example. Um, but we do rely on word of mouth a lot, so that, you know that's why it's very important for us to take care of our customers because. Uh, you know, they're the ones who are going to be our source of advertising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. works. It works yeah. well. So, mm -hmm. And then I'm going to ask, so that's great that you're using the local theaters to advertise. I'm going to ask, so like the theaters, are you looking on this side of the island or is it more island-wide? Yes, just just this side of the island. Yeah. Ah, um, okay. And that's one of the things that made it practical was uh, it was just on this side of the island. So, the, you know, we're talking about uh, one chain of theaters only. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it wasn't. It wasn't impractical for us to do it. Besides, you know, we uh, being in town, you have other sources and other places, other ways to get your games or your comics. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, they're not they're not the customer we're really catering to. We want to make sure that we cater to the people who live out here. So, that's the ones that we're trying to make sure that they are aware mm -hmm. that we're we're here and ready to serve them. So, yeah, <laughs> I I'm just asking, you know. Um, those um, advertisements in theaters did did that help? Did that bring in some foot traffic? It did. It did. Um, huh. And uh, there was a special program that we had signed up with with uh, DC Comics, uh, where they uh, essentially funded por a portion of our advertising as long as we did it for mm -hmm. uh, you know for their movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I'm okay with that. So yeah. yeah so uh, that's why a lot of a lot of the, the advertising went out uh, because of the timing of it. It it went out with Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it did. It did, uh, especially because it was uh, co-opted by DC. The the cost for us was relatively small. Um, you know, cheaper than cheaper than even radio advertising. 
Wow. Um, so, yeah, and it worked. Uh, we have tried radio advertising in the past, and uh, just for us, it wasn't successful, mm-hmm. uh, again, relative to the cost. But mm-hmm. this was less than radio advertising, and it brought in some customers. Yeah. So like, I, we were very happy with that. And plus also, too, it's more of a, um, a visual medium instead of radio, right? Yes. So, yeah. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And people like that. Uh, people react better to, to sight and sound. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's great that they, they ran it in front of Wonder Woman. Did they, did they do it in front of Justice League or anything? Uh, unfortunately, everything had ended by the time oh, Justice okay. League came out. But, uh, but, yeah, we did have a good run uh, earlier in the year. So. Oh, okay. Well, no, but that's good, though. That's really good. Um, I'm going to go back to one of the questions. Like, when you opened the store, you know, did you have, like, um, certain goals when you opened the shop? Like, you wanted to make sure that customer service is a priority, um, did you have those types of goals or anything? Well, I, th- I think anybody that, that does that should be having those kinds of goals. I mean, there's, there's obvious, you know, we're not in this for charity. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- we are a money-making business. We do have to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one of the, you know, the, the, the overriding concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but be- beyond that, taking care of people because it's all, it all ties in together. If you don't mm-hmm. take care of people, they're not going to patronize your shop. So, um. So we got some of that going on. I think uh, I think customer service and customer care is very important, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so that that inevitably does tie into everything. Okay, guys, we're going to stop here for a minute. I'm going to let Julius um, um, help a customer out, and then we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you for waiting. Now we're back. You know, um, you know, before our little break, we were talking, you know, just a little bit about customer service and attracting customers. Um, so. Julius, you know, um, what's your customer base here at the store? Well, the customer base here is predominantly, uh, I guess, suburban, suburban mm-hmm. Oahuites. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who live out uh, on this side of the island, mm-hmm. uh, so they're far removed from where the uh, where a lot of the comic and game shops are. Uh, so it's a long drive for them. Um, there's no real economic. You know, I mean, I guess you could say that we're also closer to a, a rather uh, underdeveloped part of the community, but you know, I, I don't really see that here. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, and again, because of the focus of the store, we we deliberately wanted to make sure that we were uh, the kind of shop that parents could bring their children to, and well, that people would be comfortable with children in mm-hmm. here. So we try very hard to make sure that we, you know, we we have that kind of a feel or vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the 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 shop's very well lit. There's no dark corners, no mm-hmm. uh, nothing like that. Um, you know, we we definitely dissuade people from you know swearing or using yeah. profanity in the shop while they're playing games and mm-hmm. things like that. So um, a lot of so a lot we get a lot of parents, a lot of kids. Oh, good. You know, yeah. and that's good because we want you know we want them to be to to get into the hobby of of playing games and and uh, collecting comics and reading comics. You know, at mm-hmm. an early age, like me. <laughs> <laughs> And then also, too, um, your customer base is also, um, you have um, um, people from the surrounding military base, is that correct? Yes, that's actually true, because we're, physically, we're very close to uh, Schofield Army mm-hmm. Barracks, which is the local army base. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our customers come from there. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much the comic book people. I think uh, I think for comic books we get most of our most of our comic book shoppers are uh, local residents from the immediately surrounding areas, but a lot of our gamers most definitely come from uh, from Schofield. 
Oh, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, so, like when they come, when the your military customers come in, like you said, they're mostly gamers. Um, what type of products do they normally buy? You know, gaming products. Well, there's a variety of games, uh, but I would have to say that for our shop, probably the number one game would be the Warhammer 40K series of games. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people get into that. Uh, Magic the Gathering, can't mm-hmm. go wrong with that. A lot mm-hmm. of people are uh, Magic the Gathering, the only game that we have enough of a customer base where we can support having an event weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then a smattering of other games. So D&D. Uh, D&D is a very popular game. The the only thing that's unusual about D&D is it tends to be small groups of people. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a, a guy come in here with his buddies. You know, they'll buy the books that they need to buy, yeah. leave, and then we'll never see them again for months. <laughs> you know, it's not like... It's not like there's tournaments for D&D where they can show yeah. up every month to play. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, where we get that with the 40K guys, we'll have tournaments, mm-hmm. and then we'll see, you know, we'll see our... our our uh, regular customers, our familiar faces, mm-hmm. come in to play in tournaments and stuff. So, um, yeah, so we it, it, definitely Schofield is a big, big plus to us, though, and, and we're very happy to help them. And they're they're very good to us. The, the military guys are some of your for any any place. I believe the military people are some of your best customers. So. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Okay. And then, um, because I remember from a previous conversation that we had one time was that. For the military customers, when they come in for the um, Warhammer 40K, um, because there's like a lot of figures and um, <laughs> stuff that they normally buy, right? Yeah. So what else do they buy? And what you know? Well, Warhammer 40K, you know, with the the joke that we tell people here is, if you're interested in 40K, it's not just a game; it's a lifestyle. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot that goes into the game, and it it can be very intimidating if you're mm-hmm. not you know if you're not familiar with it. So, one of the things that we do to help people out is you know we're here to give you advice. We'll we'll tell you what you need to start out with. You know, you don't have to just randomly buy mm-hmm. boxes. Um, you know, we'll tell you okay, well this is this army does fights this way. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. look at the colors. You like this color, then if you like this color, this mm-hmm. is the army for you. Yeah. Um, and then we'll walk him through what kinds of materials he needs to, mm-hmm. to start up his army with. And, mm-hmm. and then, and, and the bi- one of the biggest advantages of, uh, of, a, of your uh, of a gaming shop is that once he's got himself ready and he can start playing, there's a place he can go to meet people who also play the game with him uh-huh. in case he doesn't have immediate friends who mm-hmm. also play the game. So, you know, that's one of the services uh, that we provide, mm-hmm. really, is, is a place to play. So, right. Okay. And then that part, I'm going to go a little bit later in the interview about that. I'm just going to come back to talking about the comics that you sell here for a bit. Um, like... Um, what comics do you carry? Like, um, I know you carry Marvel, DC. Um, we predominantly carry Marvel and DC stuff. Uh, there is a small smattering of some other titles, like Walking Dead, because it's so popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saga, it's also another very popular book. But for the, by and large, uh, we only stock on the shelf Marvel and DC superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I do bring in other books for subscribers. You know, so certainly we, we do that service for people. So if we do have, I bring in, you know, I've brought in uh, 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 GFT, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Grimm's Fairy Tales and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've brought in uh, some stuff from Boom Studios mm-hmm. specifically for customers. Uh, but generally speaking, I don't stock those on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Do we? Again, since we're predominantly a game store. Uh, 
the the comics that we sell here are geared towards the most popular titles, the ones that uh, your common average everyday person who's just seen the Avengers movie <laughs> will come and uh, look for. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just asking. So like, um, let's say um, the Justice movie, Justice League movie that just came out. You know, did you have at least um, some foot traffic coming in asking for Justice League comics? For the most part, yes. Uh, oh, typically, you'll see any you'll see a boom in activity for most of the the, the different superhero things, like uh, not just Justice League, but TV shows as well. So, oh, okay. um, people have been coming in looking for Iron Fist, wow. for you know Luke Cage, for mm-hmm. things that are you know popular uh, because of the TV shows. Yeah, oh, and Flash, of course. You mm-hmm. know, um, and obviously, the more popular the show is. Mm-hmm the more people come and look for their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm a big believer that a lot of the success of comic books in the last 10 years mm-hmm. has been to the fact that uh, a lot of the media exposure of, of superheroes, you know, you know you, we've taken characters like Iron Man and, and made them mainstream. Yeah. It's not yeah. for geeks anymore. It's, yeah. you know, uh, one, one of the things I used to describe it to people is 10 years ago, you could have walked out on the street, ask any old person, male, female, doesn't matter, and ask them, do you know who Groot is? Mm-hmm. And most of them will go, huh? I yeah. have no idea. But now you can walk out on the street, ask any woman mm-hmm. who Groot is, and they go, oh yeah, that's a cute little tree thing from Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's comics, thanks to the success of, you know, uh, a lot of the TV shows, Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. um, have moved comic book stuff into yeah. the mainstream, and that you know that's so. But that's predominantly who I cater the comic books to. It's the mainstream, so oh, okay. you know your Marvel and super uh, Marvel and DC superhero types. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, okay. And then you know, um, do you carry like um, any um, trade paperbacks or hardcovers? We do, uh, but I don't carry a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly, what I what I bring in in trade paperbacks are uh, books where we sold out of very quickly. Um, uh, I, I think uh, my experience has been not to. I, I've been to shops that have had huge walls of yeah. trade paperbacks, yeah. uh, but I don't have the space for that. No, yeah, <laughs> quite frankly, yeah. at an eight eight hundred square foot store, you don't have the space for a lot of storage. So I've been very particular about what kind of trade paperbacks we bring in. So most of the what we bring in are the ones. Uh, are titles that have sold out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the early rebirth stuff, you know, first volume ones or volume twos of any of the rebirth issues uh, are, are stuff I try to keep in stock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Walking Dead still does well, so we try to keep a, a nice run of Walking Dead trade paperbacks. Yeah. So. yeah, because I know before, you know, before we did the interview, I was looking around, and it's like I think you got almost all the volumes of the Walking Dead trade paperback. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> we try to keep them in stock. There's, there's always, you know, there's always somebody looking for them, and, and I, I never know exactly which issue to keep, so I just keep all of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm going to ask, can you, like, describe your um, back issue bins? Because I know you have some um, in the store. Can you just describe them, like, briefly, what they hold and stuff like that? Sure. We have a couple of, uh, several boxes of uh, back issue bins, uh, and what we do is we discount them. So we're, they're on a buy two, get the next two free. So you pay the, for the uh, cover price for the first two issues, mm-hmm. then you get the next two issues free. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a very uh, effective way of selling older mm-hmm. comics. Um, 
Uh, in addition to those bins, we also have uh, what we call classic comics. There are older issues that not are not necessarily valuable. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. X Factor Twenty Three, <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, but they're they're older stuff, and sometimes people want to read older books, mm -hmm. so they're in there as well. Um, and we only charge two dollars for those books, and they're also part of the buy two get two free. Mm -hmm. So, um, so uh, the older books, the classic ones, uh, they do go fast. Uh, we do have to replenish that pretty <laughs> pretty quickly. In addition to that, we have your standard uh, higher value books, which we keep uh, on the side, mm -hmm. um, which has grown quite a lot. When when the shop first opened, we mm -hmm. had I believe. Like in the first year, we had one box of old comics that that you know, comics were books that were worth like five bucks or more, mm -hmm. uh, and now we have eight boxes of this stuff. It's getting, it's getting so that uh, it's actually difficult for customers to run through the entire lot, but uh, <laughs> but some of them enjoy that. So I think we'll. Be <laughs> so I'm going to ask. So your your two dollar two dollar um classic um comic book bins is that from your personal collection or is it you know people come in go hey i just want to get rid of these uh, since we do buy comics what what happens a lot is um somebody will bring in I'll say several four boxes worth of comics four <laughs> long boxes worth of comics and i'll go through them looking for things that uh, that we might want to sell or what might pick up and out of the four boxes, maybe I'll pick up a handful, depending on how old the books are. You know, if mm -hmm. you're looking at books in the 90s, typically, even with four boxes, I'll probably only buying a handful of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and depending how much back stock we have of those kinds of things, then I may also offer the customer, you know, here, you know, 20 bucks or 25 bucks for a long box if, if, mm -hmm. you, you, know, if you don't want to keep it just to get rid of the stuff at your house. Yeah. Uh, I also you know tell people that you know that a lot of times libraries will take donations if they want to find a way to get rid of this, some of these books if they're just taking up space or collecting dust in somebody's uh, closet mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times that's how we get our our back stock of of oh. books so okay well, yeah. there's never a shortage it's always you know <laughs> we've well, we've always got a lot of back stock of a uh, back stock of the classic books <laughs> okay um I'm going to be asking a couple questions. Um, John Mayo has a you know a couple questions. You know, do you have a pull list service? Yes, yes, we do. Mm -hmm. um, did that very early on because um, you know, one of the things, uh, for example, on Wednesdays uh, mm -hmm. we close the shop closes at eight o'clock on most nights. Well, uh, as we've said earlier, that people who come from town that could be a long ride. Sometimes people can't make it mm -hmm. uh, by eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, very early on, we had a pull service, um, which is also a subscription service because understanding that we don't carry a lot of the uh, uh, the more esoteric titles. Mm -hmm. um, so if you wanted something like that, you could also subscribe to that and it'd go in your pull list. So. Mm -hmm. And then his um, next question was, you know, does it help you to know, you know, if customers let you know what they want in advance during the ordering cycle? It does help. Um, there is no doubt about it. It, I think that's one of the trickiest things about running a comic book shop is trying to gauge demand. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't want to get stuck with too many leftover comic books at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. um, but by the same token, you don't want to sell out of stuff too quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, I, I believe a lot of comic book owners will shop owners will tell you that that's that's the trick is is gauging that. Yeah. Um, 
So we do, I try to get a feel for the, from customers, from customer input, uh, as far as that, what to order. But I think the best gauge for me is what actually sells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, there's I mean, people can tell me, oh, yeah, I, I like this comic book or that comic book all they want. But if they're not buying the comic yeah. book, it really doesn't do me much good. So um, mm-hmm. what moves off the shelf, that's, uh, that's pretty much what we gauge our orders mm-hmm. on. So. So, I'm just gonna, so I'm going to ask off the cuff here is that, um, like, you know, for about five years now, do you think you have a pretty good handle on um, what titles to bring in and how much then? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I, I have I have been I have thought I engaged everything pretty well. I'll give you an example. This just took us by surprise recently too. Uh, Batman Annual Number Two. Yes. Um, okay. As a general rule, our annuals sell just slightly under mm-hmm. what regular books sell for. Mm-hmm. Maybe slightly people are, people are slightly less interested in. Them. Batman's a fairly co- popular comic mm-hmm. book, so I bring in a fair amount of Batman, mm-hmm. even the annuals, but I don't bring in a whole lot of it. Yes, yes. It's... Oh, it blew off the shelf, <laughs> man. And I, I got, and I'm, I, I have a feeling it blew off the shelf at pretty much every store because I started getting calls from people uh, who were not regular shoppers mm-hmm. here asking if we had that book in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when that happens, I know, oh, well, everybody else around me sold out too. <laughs> But yeah, you you think you know something, you think you know you, a, a pattern had developed itself, and then all of a sudden, sometimes there's just you know, uh, it just comes out of nowhere. Sometimes, honestly. Oh no, yeah, because I mean I understand because I mean, normally annuals are not, are not the big sellers. It, then no, it's one of those kind of throwaway stories, you know. So it's like you know, it's part of the part of the book. So if you're collecting it, you really got to have the annuals. But then, yeah. you know. I, the, the storylines usually aren't the same. They're not written by the same people frequently. They're not even arted, you know, drawn by the same people. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this one, yeah. This, it was a good read, by the way. It was, okay. it was a very good yeah. read. I, I'm a, as I read a lot of Batman myself now, uh-huh. uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see why that would sell out. <laughs> <laughs> well, my understanding, Julius, I'm going to let you know, is that I think, um, and I don't even know when this episode's going to come out, but I think I heard, I think there's rumors on the internet, I think, Batman 38 might be another hot book. That one by Tom Tom King. And I think he might touch on the Batman origin. I'm not sure. If I can find the article, I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because... That's like an anticipation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just asking, you know, do you provide any other service um, to comic book customers? Like, is there a rewards program? Um, I know you also sort of... um, a certified CGC yep. representative. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're. I guess. I guess what you call it is a CGC drop-off site. So that's okay. one of the services we offer. Is uh, you can drop off your books here, uh, uh, and then we'll pack the stuff for you and send it mm-hmm. up uh, up to CGC for you. That way, you don't have to actually go through the membership at, at CGC to get that all done. So uh, that's one service we provide here for our customers. Uh, we do have a member loyalty program, and not just for comic books. That's just That applies to uh, games mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Uh, and the, in that program, you earn points from shopping and from participating in store events. Uh, when you earn enough points, you raise in level, very much like D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as you gain in level, you get uh, special store rewards, special discounts, and things like that. Um, in addition to that, we just started a service just last month uh, to offer consignment 
Um, okay. So we now can sell books uh, and actually anything, including games, uh, miniatures, things like that, mm-hmm. on consignment. So, oh, okay. Um, though it's been open, we have yet to uh, have our first customer, so we're still... <laughs> <laughs> but it's available. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you, like, go a little... Are you okay going back and going into a little detail about the consignment program and stuff? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so how our consignment program will work is uh, you bring your books here or bring, bring whatever you want to sell here. We do ask that it be something somewhat related to what we sell. Like we, Since we don't do sports cards, we ask for people not to bring <laughs> sports cards to yeah. be sold. Um, so we'll advertise your product on Facebook. We'll advertise it on our uh, in-store advertising. We do have TVs in the shop that run advertising. Um you can sell your books here by by bid or mm-hmm. by uh, instant purchase uh, or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we charge 20% mm-hmm. of the final sale price as our store's commission uh, to a, uh, with a minimum of $10. Okay. So it would behoove you to uh, organize your lots. And you can organize the lots however way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you'd want to organize it so that you... You know, probably $50 or more lots just so you don't lose out on the $10 minimum yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, items uh, can be uh, on bid for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if your item hasn't sold in 30 days, you can uh, we charge $5. Mm-hmm. And then you can take the item back or uh, change it or, or relist it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we will not allow you to make changes to the listing once you submit the listing. Mm-hmm. You, the only thing you can do once you submit it is remove it, mm. uh, in which case we'll just charge you the five bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't want people, uh, you know, changing the price oh. uh, as the as the bidding goes on. So, uh, so yeah, you won't be able to change anything once you've actually got it up. Oh. Um, and um, can I can I just ask what was the origin to uh, how did you come up with this? Well, yeah. the the consignment program, you know, we 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 do buy comics, mm-hmm. so we we and and use games as well. So oh, we, okay. it hasn't been a priority for us, but it occurred to us that uh, from time to time, uh, I'll get people who come in here with CGC books, for example, mm-hmm. fairly valuable books. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, we can't offer them the kind of money that yeah. they could potentially make from those books. Yeah. So rather than Rather than make them an offer that that just would be practically insulting, yeah, you know, then it said, well, you know, how about if we do a consignment program? You know, other shops do consignment programs, mm-hmm. and and so uh, you know, another thing is forty k uh, Warhammer forty k. A lot of people will have large painted armies, which are actually quite valuable if you if you look at them on eBay. Oh, okay. um, so that's another item that mm-hmm. you know I couldn't pay you enough for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, how much is a painting worth? So yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what we do for for the books, and we, yeah, like I said, we are st- we are still waiting for our first customer. We have, but we've talked to several people, and several people have already expressed interest in selling mm-hmm. some kind of books, uh, mm-hmm. comics, mo- mo- and it does appeal to comic book uh, people. I guess mm-hmm. primarily because comic book people are accustomed to selling stuff on consignment yes. or on eBay mm-hmm. or something. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So the next two questions is coming from Eric from Calcast. And he just wants to know, it's like, what is the percentage? Just give a rough percentage of the business, like um, comics versus gaming. Um, hmm. Like, you know, roughly. Yes. I would say that comic books accounts for about 20% mm-hmm. of our sales here. Oh, okay. We are predominantly a gaming store. Space-wise, like I said, it's about two-thirds gaming and one-third comics. But 
sales-wise, it's even it's an even wider gap than that. I mm-hmm. think we about twenty percent in comic book sales and about eighty percent everything else. Um, uh, of all the products we have here, I would say Warhammer Forty K, uh, or and or Magic the Gathering. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, there are two biggest sellers in the shop, and they 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 kind of compete with each other for for top slot mm-hmm. in the shop. But uh, each of those products alone is probably equal to what we sell in comic books. Okay. So. Okay. And his um next question, Eric's next question is. What marketing trends do you see in the store? Like, you know, Marvel sales that go up and down, um, the Doomsday series, um, Doomsday Clock versus the Metal series at um, DC, you know, Indie, or, you know, or do you see, like, people more jumping into the gaming side? You know. Well, as far as trends, um, board games, for example, has been uh, going up every year. Uh, a lot more people are playing board games and have been more interested in, in getting into board games. Dungeons and Dragons uh, mm-hmm. n- never fails. I bring in, and, and I again, I am a small store, but I bring in about six copies, four to six copies of the player's handbook every couple of weeks mm-hmm. just to keep up with people who are buying Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Wow. Uh, yes. A so, lot you, of so every time you bring it in, they pretty much sell out? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. I, I just brought in four players, no, six players' handbooks over the weekend, mm-hmm. and we had two in stock here, so that was eight. I am down to four today. That means we've sold four mm-hmm. between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how crazy that <laughs> game so is. It's just to give you guys an idea, because I'm doing this interview on uh, Monday, December 11th, so... So basically, in the last three days, you sold you sold four of the books, right? Yes, yes, four D and four players' handbooks. And players' handbook is the start for if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons. So um, it tells me how, and that's sometimes when you have that many people shopping for mm-hmm. it, that's an indication that very soon down the line you're going to be selling more stuff because mm-hmm. you just players' handbook is where you start, but mm-hmm. often you know you'll you'll buy monster manuals and mm-hmm. you know maps for D&D, figures mm-hmm. for the D&D game, mm-hmm. you know, there's dice, you can't have enough <laughs> dice, I don't know anybody that, that's happy with just one set of dice. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the trends in comic books are the, the most, I find the most interesting because, um, you know, it's kind of delving into the mind of the customer much more deeply. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a, an in, uh, a noticeable increase in particular sales when a character has been very successful in the movies or in the television shows. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, it is hands down noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, DC particularly right now uh, has been very strong on sales. Rebirth has been a, a boon uh, mm-hmm. to DC. And we were we're probably bringing in more DC now than Marvel just because of the amount of demand for DC books. Wow, okay. Um, now, Marvel's still strong, don't get me yeah. wrong, but uh, but DC has made leaps and bounds in the last six months or last mm-hmm. year yeah. uh, for for uh, for Rebirth. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to ask, is it because of the price point? Because I know they're, um, most of their issues are two ninety nine. The price point may have something to do with it. 
Um, but I would have to say that based on the customers that I've spoken to about about the books, I think more people nowadays are, are attracted to DC because they're, they've been showing a higher quality of artwork mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, a better thought out plot lines and stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what's catching people. And I think people are are a lot sharper than than we give them credit for. I think they 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 know a good book when they see one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um you know and that that tends to fall. And then they'll stay with a book for a while as long as it's you know continues to have a good creative team. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll stay with with Batman or mm-hmm. Action Comics or yeah. Justice League or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, those are very interesting trends when you when you try to watch out for them. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks, Julius. Now, before you know, we finish this, um, the questions on the comics section, I got to ask you one thing. We know we've talked about this before. Your Avengers collection. I got to hear about this. You have to tell us about this. Uh, yes. Well, that uh, that goes way back. Um, Avengers is uh, one of my favorite comic books. So it is. It is the first book I started collecting, and it is. I am very proud to say one of the few titles. Where I have uh, just about a complete run. I'm missing three like insignificant issues, but I got <laughs> I got almost all the critical ones. I just you know. uh, so that's yes from from one till current, um, mm-hmm. and I'm very very pleased that I've I've already had my wife ask you know because I of course I will tell her how much my collection is worth, and mm-hmm. she goes oh great that our son can have it when he gets older. I go no way <laughs> no way. <laughs> Um, the other, th- the other comic book that I've uh, I mentioned to you earlier too that was uh, that I'm very proud of is Tales of Suspense. Mm-hmm. I have a near complete run of the modern Marvel Tales of Suspense mm-hmm. series. I am only missing four books from mm-hmm. Tales of Suspense. Sadly, it is the first four. <laughs> um, so you know, and uh, Tales of Suspense thirty nine is now a little bit cost prohibitive for me with, <laughs> without sacrificing my son's college education. So, <laughs> but yes, I still enjoy collecting. I still do. I still love it. <laughs> All right, thanks, Julius. I'm going to say we're going to stop right now. I'm going to let you attend to some customers here. All right, thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Okay. All right, guys. Um, thank you. We're back now. You know, I'm going to talk to Julius. You know, like you know, he said. You know, most of his shop they um, sell games. So I'm just going to be asking Julius um, about um, the gaming part. So you know, Julius, how did you get started in like Dungeons and Dragons or um, and correct me if I'm wrong, like role playing games and stuff like that? Well, I got into a, a bunch of different games growing up as a kid, but the Dungeons and Dragons actually I was introduced to it when I was in middle school. If I remember correctly, I was eighth grade at the time, uh, and then somebody in the school uh, was into it and became the dungeon master, and me and my group of friends became his first players. Had a great time, and then after that, uh, I really got into role-playing games. But even before role-playing games came around, I had started playing uh, uh, tabletop board games, Mm -hmm. mostly of a military type, uh, which was actually popular back in the 70s. -hmm. Um, so I actually got caught uh, caught the tail end of that. So I had played military board games probably I would say like three or four years before I played D and D. Oh, okay. Um, but then yeah, D and D quite naturally mm-hmm. developed after that. So I want to say those military games. Was it like Risk? Was it like Battleship? Um, 
those would be a simplification. Okay, no, no, <laughs> yes. no, no, yeah. But yes, yes. Um, so they're, uh, they were games that were... They're not as popular today as they used to be back in the 70s, unfortunately, because they're actually my favorite type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were board games based on real real life. They were they were billed as simulations rather than games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you would take a game, for example, one of my first games was called Alexander. Oh, and okay. you, you took Alexander's army and you had pieces for all the different soldiers in his army and then you fought uh, against the Persians at a, a place called Galgamela. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was my very first ever board game, which mm-hmm. I think I was 11 years old or 12 years old when I started playing that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was... But those, yeah, sadly, those those kinds of games, you know, I've, I've heard the jokes where, you know, board games, <gasps> board <laughs> games, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, there's not as many people that play that mm-hmm. type of game. But... Board games as a whole uh, mm-hmm. are so much more popular now than they were even when I was growing up. Uh, and, you know, you, with games like, you know, Takenoko and King of New York, King of Tokyo, mm-hmm. Zombie Side, you know, all of these wow. uh, mm-hmm. tabletop games that are. Uh, Munchkin. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Munchkin, forgot about you guys. Um, yeah, so very, very popular. A lot of people play them. Um, and. Uh, and I think you know that there was a big worry for a long time with, um, among some game people that uh, video games and online games would take over and replace yeah. these kinds of games. Yeah, and that's it, right. And it wasn't, and you know, it hasn't actually happened. It hasn't really. It has changed a little bit of the nature of of the tabletop game industry, but it hasn't. I don't think it has really destroyed it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that. Uh, you know th- these types of games. There's always going to be a place for it because you you can't like I've played online games. I've played Halo mm-hmm. and Ri- and and you know, Call of Duty and all that. But I'll never forget the time where I had the most fun with Halo was when we networked several TVs together in my friend's house and we were all there playing Halo together. <laughs> oh, it's nice. Yes, <laughs> that was you know that was the best experience. You know, other than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. It's a yeah. It's a yeah. it's an okay way to waste time or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you 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 don't get that social interaction off of video gaming like you you can if you were actually playing live and in person with mm-hmm. people. And yeah. I think that's part of the appeal of it. And that's that's still what appeals me to playing games is mm-hmm. the social interaction of it. You know. So. Yeah. And then, um, like, um, what games are you playing today? Well, let's see. Wow, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I am still a big... F- uh, uh, my favorite games still continue to be historical board games. They still make them. There's still mm-hmm. companies that make them. But it is harder to find players to play with those games. They tend to also be a little bit more compli- complicated and lengthy. So they're not the kind of games you can just jump people into. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I do play 40K a lot as well. Mm-hmm. I play uh, historical miniature games, Flames of War... Various types of Napoleon and Civil War type games, mm-hmm. Test of Honor for Samurai. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually, strangely, I don't run a D and D game myself. I run Pathfinder, which is, of course, a role playing game also, okay. also, but it's a, a slightly different one. I play uh, a fair number of the board games <laughs> that we have here. Yeah. Um, 
but those would, yeah, and I've, of course, I also dabble in Magic the Gathering, not competitively. Mm-hmm. My decks would get annihilated by most people, <laughs> but uh, but I do play for fun, and mm-hmm. it's, it is fun to play. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there's always something new. Uh, you know, one of the things we're anxiously anticipating is the release of Star Wars Legion, which is a miniatures okay. game, like 40K, okay. but of the Star Wars universe. So it'll be little miniatures, unpainted oh miniatures God. of Star Wars. Uh, and then you can play those on a battlefield like, like the one we use for 40K. Oh, oh my God. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> so when is that coming out? Uh, I believe the expected release date is January, though. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that it's such a new product that we're going to have to, like, double check and make sure that it's still on track. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> are you preparing for that to be a top seller here at the store, or are you going to slowly bring it in? Uh, I anticipate that it's going to sell well, mm-hmm. um, though. Uh, as far as miniatures games, which is what that is, uh, it's hard to unseat Warhammer 40K as okay. the top seller for miniatures games. Um, there are so much more people that play Warhammer 40K. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier to find people to play with. You know, they just recently revamped their rules to the newest edition to eighth edition, but the new rules are easier to learn. They're okay. um, uh, more balanced and fair so that uh, every army has a chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so those kinds of things make 40K a very tough one to unseat from the number one <laughs> slot. <laughs> I don't know, that Star Wars Legion sounds pretty good. I mean, it, try to do a huge you know, Battle of Hoth scene. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. It's going to be cool. It's going to be absolutely mm-hmm. cool. So, um, yeah, we're we're anticipating that that will that will hit pretty well. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, yeah, 40k. Uh, it may need a few years to 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 be able to compete on the same level as 40k. Okay. <laughs> now I know you said that Magic and Warhammer is your top selling games here in the store. That that's correct. That's right? correct. Yeah. Okay. And then like um. Uh, um, do you sell a lot of the magic packs? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the the you know the the number one source of magic sales is you know, individual packs. Um, we do hold tournaments um, pretty regularly every mm-hmm. week, at least one every week, uh, and those of course have entry fees, and those also contribute to you know the, that also is part of magic being uh, a top seller in the shop because it's. It's strong enough a game that it supports weekly activity like that, mm-hmm. and and weekly activity that generates income because all you know there's entry fees involved mm-hmm. and people pay the entry fees and and uh, and are more than happy to play in all these mm-hmm. events. So, about how many people come up to these weekly magic uh, events? Uh, depends on the, the type of format because magic does have several different formats that can be run on any given week. Um, uh, Sometimes we've timed it wrong where there is a weekend where, uh, you know, there was big carnivals or something oh, yeah. where our turnout yeah. was <laughs> lower than anticipated. But I'd say on average, our shop does anywhere between 8 to maybe 16 players, depending on mm-hmm. you know, the format of, of and, mm-hmm. and how busy a night it is for mm-hmm. everybody. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I know also Warhammer is also your other top seller, correct? Correct. Okay. And then... Um, I know I see around the shop here you sell the um, ships, the, I guess, the figures. That's correct, right? That is correct. Okay. Uh, Warhammer 40K includes all of the, you know, not just the, the armies themselves, but it also includes the books, mm-hmm. the paints that people use, the, 
the uh, tools, the paint brushes, mm -hmm. um, primer, and um, hmm. uh, yeah, and, and all the dice even because mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, when you're playing 40k, sometimes you need as many as you know 40 dice in just to make <laughs> one attack. So people will buy bulk dice for mm -hmm. that. Oh, okay. And then, like I, and like you said, you also have the paint supplies here, the brushes, and so forth, right? Yep, yep. It's uh, like I said, 40k is not just a mm -hmm. game; it is a lifestyle. <laughs> so you have to, uh, we have to be able to keep you supplied with everything that you need for the game, mm -hmm. yeah, and that definitely includes paints, brushes, sculpting tools, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, and everything associated with it. Mm -hmm. Um. Do you hold classes on how to paint? Um, excuse me. <coughs> do you do you hold classes on how to paint um, these figures or the ships or any you know any type of instructional thing for Warhammer? Uh, fortunately, for most people, the YouTube has been a wonderful source of this kind of stuff. Uh, we do hold two uh, painting clinics a oh, year. Okay. We try to space them out evenly so that they you know like we'll have one and then six months later we'll have the second one. Um, all the staff here, including myself, um, paint. Mm. Uh, so it's easy for us to give, or easier for us to give advice to people if they have questions. And, and painting tends to be the most intimidating portion of the hobby. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people get, you know, assembling the, the miniatures usually is no problem. Organizing and playing them usually no problem. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to painting, you know, that's where people get, get a little scared. So, mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not. I, uh, I, I can say from personal experience, because I... I when I got into 40K, I wanted to play, and I, uh, I wasn't so much of a painter, and my first couple jobs at painting were mm -hmm. extremely horrible compared to how <laughs> I paint today, but uh, <laughs> but you get past that, and once you get past that, then you know, then you, you can kind of start enjoying painting uh, mm -hmm. uh, as part of the hobby itself, you mm -hmm. know, so. <laughs> have you seen any, like, and I'm not trying to say this in a bad way, but have you seen any, you know, creative style painting on ships, you're going, wow, I didn't think of that. That looks cool. Oh, absolutely. All the time. Um, you know, uh, people get very... One of the, the things about 40K that, that attracts a lot of people is you don't have to paint the miniatures how it looks on the box. Yeah. You can paint them however you want. If mm -hmm. you want, you know, orcs with blue skin, knock yourself yeah. out. Paint them with blue skin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all of the armies in 40K can be painted to however you want. And a lot of people will come up with their own color schemes, mm -hmm. their their own, you know, they custom make the miniatures. They attach, they cut out parts, they glue new parts in, taken from other boxes, other games even, That's and make cool. it match. Yeah, it's, it's impressive, you know. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly decent painter, but I'm not an imaginative painter. So, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that paints, you know, show me a picture of something and mm -hmm. what it's supposed to look like, I can paint the picture. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But if you tell me, okay, here's a model, paint it. Mm -hmm. uh, how? <laughs> you know, that, that part I don't do well, but, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who are good at it, you know, yeah. and I see it here a lot, so oh, okay. quite impressive. Wow. Um, let's see, I know you said um, you guys have weekly magic um, games. What about, like, for the um, Warhammer games, your X-Wing fighter games? How often do you guys have that? Uh, all the other games usually get some kind of play at least once a month. Mm -hmm. uh, with Warhammer 40K, there's usually an event once a month, uh, but we also have a league, an in-shop league. It's a membership-driven uh, league, so you have to, you know, you have to uh, pay a membership fee to join. But there's a league here that plays 40k, and they have, 
you know, they schedule games with each other to mm -hmm. play here, and that's not counting that, of course. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the other games we support, you know, there's so many different games. We can only support the main ones, but we do oh, yeah. X-Wing once a month. Mm -hmm. We do Hero Clicks uh, just about once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, we do D&D &D is one of the only other games that we can support weekly. There's a D&D mm -hmm. &D every, almost every Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll have certain things, like we'll have a board game day, usually about twice a year, two or three times a year. Um, and then we'll have, you know, uh, the, we've had uh, Final Fantasy, the card game. We've had wow. a special event for that. Uh -huh. But uh, some of the other stuff doesn't come up as often because the, um, the, the, the customer bases, the player bases for those are a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to sustain that on a weekly mm -hmm. event. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to ask, like, how much, you know, what's the fee roughly to, um, to like, participate with, like, maybe Magic or the 40K? What, did, what what's the fee range? Oh, uh, we try not to make it too expensive. Your, our typical events are five bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, for for uh, to play. In, uh, some magic events cost more because uh, some of the magic events you get cards mm -hmm. uh, with it. Oh, okay. Um, so, and uh, our forty k league, um, there's there's a fee to join the league, but once you're in the league, we hold events just for the f the league members. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, your dues in the league go partially go back to funding mm -hmm. the, the tournament so um so while you don't you, you pay to join but you mm -hmm. don't pay to play the tournaments no, no. and the prizes are usually bigger mm -hmm. <laughs> because you know we're just turning your your uh, entry fee yeah. around to make it prizes so. yeah I'm, I'm just asking so that that um league is it is it a monthly fee or is it an annual annual fee? oh yeah. okay and it's uh $30 for first-time members and $20 for ongoing. Oh, okay. So oh. it's not very expensive. Not, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then um, do you have like a code of conduct while, you know, um, people are playing the games? Yes. We definitely have a, co a code of conduct here. We, The store is designed and, and geared towards making it family-friendly. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that... Uh, that we don't have people who are doing inappropriate things in the shop. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't, you know, we don't allow swearing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, the, we don't allow people to be drunk while playing in mm -hmm. the shop yeah. for tournaments. No, yeah. um, and in fact, it's the the only time we've ever had to eject somebody from the shop was when we had somebody come in to play magic and and. And she was drunk, so, oh, mm -hmm. and she was Sorry. being not just drunk, but you know, she, she was just, being obnoxiously yeah. drunk. <laughs> so, okay, but still, yeah. So, okay. And uh, and on that event, we were applauded. The, the other customers here were were most pleased that we oh, got good. rid of her because that was how obnoxious she was. Okay. <laughs> no, but that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's, uh, it's yeah. It doesn't happen often. So, okay. Which is good. And I think uh, I think people understand that we're a family place, and if. You know, if you want to do that kind of stuff, play someplace else. Yeah. yeah. And then um, during these leagues or tournaments, you know, um, just a rough estimate. It's like, what's the ratio for adults to kids? You know, do you see more kids at certain ones or adults? In all of the events that we have, they're still predominantly adult. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say most of our customers are young males, you know, uh, in their early 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have teens. Mm -hmm. But most of the games that we sell here are geared for 13 and older. Mm -hmm. So they're not, uh, teens are not common. Mm -hmm. uh, we have probably, um, there's, there's at least a couple of kids in the D&D players groups. Mm -hmm. We don't currently have any teens in the 40K group. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, Magic is the only one where we specifically have uh, a format for kids. There's oh, okay. a, a, a gentleman in town, uh, his name's Sean. He organizes youth groups to play Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the places where they play is here. Oh, okay. So they meet here. And we have, once a month, we have a, a tournament only for youth. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to be high school age or younger to play. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's so sad because one of the... Uh, one of the, the the leaders of that group from last year graduated, <laughs> so he is no longer eligible to play in the tournaments. But he still comes down and watches. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go back, touch upon, you know, I know, like you said, that one of the things that you like about, you know, these the four and you know, the Warhammer 40k, the magic is the socialization, you know. Um, you know, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Like, is it really great to see people interact? Is it, well, it is important for people to interact. I think, you know, by our nature, gamers are already somewhat, you know, socially awkward, I think is is the correct way to phrase it. You know, we, we, you know, we're not. We're not the school jocks. We're mm-hmm. not the most popular kids in the school or whatever. And I think it's important for people like us mm-hmm. to have an outlet, a place where you can gather with other people who are the same like you mm-hmm. and not feel like you're being judged for anything. And yeah. I think that's one of the things places like stores like ours will can do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think that's important. And when, you know, when, you, when, you, when we run the tournaments here and I look and... Uh, I look around at the room and I look at the faces of all the people and, and most of them are smiling even in the midst of a you know, tough tournament. You know, then, you, then I know I'm doing something okay, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I have gone to tournaments on the mainland. Huge magic tournaments. I've mm-hmm. gone to like, uh, I, I went to this one in, in California and there were well over a hundred players. Yeah. Big giant, you know, like uh, uh, auditorium mm-hmm. style yeah. gaming. And it was quiet. <laughs> it was quiet because they were uh, at that level magic is very competitive mm-hmm. I mean people were playing against each other not saying a word to each other this room with 100 plus people we we were making more noise in here <laughs> with 12 than they were with 100 mm-hmm. you know and yeah okay I understand you know, the, the competitive scene can do that to people mm-hmm. but it's not what we want to do here yeah. it, you know it's a game, people. Yeah. You know, it's here to, to be enjoyed. It's, yeah. it's supposed to be for fun. So, uh, you know, we, we focus more on being able to have fun. Oh, okay. Uh, and sometimes it's easy to lose track of that when you're playing a competitive game. Yeah. You know, we, have to re- mm-hmm. we just gentle nudge people to remember, hey, remember, it's a game. <laughs> no, but that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's great. Because like he says, you know, you want to hear people laughing. You want to see people smiling, not going. Absolutely. Okay. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, okay. and that's and we get that here, so I'm I'm mm-hmm. very pleased about that. Mm-hmm. Before I wrap this up, I want to ask you some off the cuff questions. Um, what other comic book conventions have you been on the mainland? <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to ask me if I was going to sell my Hulk 181 to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, conventions on the mainland. Um, I I. Actually, when I go on vacation, I always look for conventions to go to because I, I you know, no, yeah. I, I don't plan my vacations around the convention. I, you know, but if yes. there happens to be a convention where I'm going, I try to make sure I go there. So, uh, on the mainland, the one I have gone to the most frequently is San Diego, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have been there four times mm-hmm. in the last 20 years or so. Yeah, four, mm-hmm. four or five times, I think. Uh, so it's the one I've been to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, okay. Um, years ago, so it was a very small venue back then. The okay. only the only redeeming feature it had was the fact that it was close enough to Marvel and DC at the time that you know some big wigs came over from Marvel and DC and did some uh, some panels, which mm-hmm. was nice. Um, uh, I have actually f- the f- had the fortune of going to London Comic Con, so I was in London Comic Con a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Um, nice. And that was also very entertaining. Then they, mm-hmm. they like their comics there too. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's it. That's it for Comic Cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, and I know you, um, you go to um, um, your store participates or attends the uh, Amazing Hawaii Comic Con, right? We do. You we guys do. for the last three years, right? Yeah. Yes, from yeah. the from <laughs> the very beginning of, of when they first came to Hawaii. Yeah. So, um, we're very big supporters and very big fans of the Amazing Hawaii Comic Con, so mm-hmm. uh, we have a booth there every year. Okay, and then um, what do you enjoy um, about what do you enjoy the most um, running the store? Hmm, that's tough. Um, I, if I had to say one thing only, I would have to say that it is the social interaction part, mm-hmm. because I do get to. I do get to talk to customers. I can, you know, I get people that can walk in here. I can say, hey, did you, have you seen Justice League yet? And what do you think of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, that kind of social interaction is, is it's important. And uh, even at my age and, you know, especially more so now, you know, I have a child, I have family, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's still a geeky part of me that wants to do geeky type of things some of the time. So yeah. uh, what better place to geek out than at a place like this? Mm-hmm. So. Um, let's see. Um, where would you like to see the store a year from now? A year from now, well, we'll still be at the exact same spot. <laughs> <laughs> we're on lease, so we're yeah. Right. A year from now, we're not going to be. We'll still be here, but yeah. um, near future. Well, we're we'll you know we definitely want to look at a bigger place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 limit limitations of uh, an eight hundred square foot shop become too apparent when you know when a lot of people show up for magic and we're squeezed wall mm. to wall with magic players mm-hmm. um so i think the the next thing i want to look for is a uh, place with uh, more space okay uh, ho- hopefully less rent <laughs> but definitely more space uh-huh um let's see okay so any upcoming events for 2018 besides amazing hawaii comic-con um off the top of my head, I don't have anything projected, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than the ongoing slew of, of gaming mm-hmm. stuff. Because there's always mm-hmm. there's always a new game. There's always some kind of new thing coming up. Uh, yeah. But uh, event wise, I don't see anything um, down the line. We we have. Uh, can I can I trust your listeners not to talk? <laughs> uh, we have talked about the possibility of of doing a small gaming event. Oh, okay. uh, convention would would be a little bit over the top, I think, but uh, uh, like a gaming event where where people can come down and play a variety mm-hmm. of tournament tile, style games mm-hmm. and bring their own games and things like that, and held in a in a more public venue, mm-hmm. 
rather than inside the shop. So yeah. we've talked about something like that. And if we can uh, get it together, we may do that next year. Oh, that's okay. a possibility. So that's one, at least that's one goal for next year, or if not, something in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, within the near future, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but also too, you're also going to be celebrating your fifth anniversary next year. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Next year will be number five. Yeah. Uh, uh, I am not allowed to say yet what we're doing no, for no. the fifth anniversary, but uh, uh, it will involve we. As, as I mentioned earlier, we do have a loyalty program for the shop, so there will be something special involving all our highest level loyalty members. So no, that's good. Yeah. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julius, is there anything else you want to add before we wind this up? Well, I just want, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to me, Jason. Um, it's always uh, great to be able to share my experiences and my feelings with with, uh, with somebody who understands the yeah. industry mm-hmm. and, and hope your, uh, your, uh, your listeners will will appreciate what uh, what I have to contribute to the to the to the industry mm-hmm. there. So. <laughs> All right. No, Julius, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. And then again, Julius, what's your store name again? It is Westside Comics and Games in Kapolei, Hawaii. Okay. And then where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find us at uh, Facebook uh, under Westside Comics and Games, Westside being one word. Also on on the web at www.westsidecomicsandgames.com. No spaces, no dashes. <laughs> All right, thank you, Julius. So, listeners, if you guys are vacationing vacationing in Hawaii and you're on the um, west side of Oahu, you know, please stop by Westside uh, um, Comics and Games. You know, Julius, you know, thank you very much. You. you know, um, I have to tell the listeners, you know, yeah, five years ago, I think it pretty much came when pretty much close it's when the store yeah. opened up. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, um, I moved over to Dragon's Lairs a couple years ago because they're more focused on. Um, more comics. That's that was more my my that what I was going for. Yeah, but you know, one thing I loved about this store is that you know your great customer service. You know, you're Thank always you. friendly when you came in. The atmosphere was always comfortable, and you know now it's like you know I know I keep mentioning the last couple of years. Yeah, I'll stop by. Yeah. But the <laughs> store. I mean, uh, I I know in this small space, the store has really grown. It really has. It actually has. You know, I mean, I think. I think you were here the first year that the shop was open, and yeah. back then, you know, we were not wall to wall packed with stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have made a conscious decision here not to overload the shelves and, and the spaces, so that you have that customers have ample space to walk around and look around. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, but even with that, you know, like the wall is like nearly <laughs> full now. <laughs> so yes, space is something we'll need something mm-hmm. very soon. No, but the other thing too I also like is that the um, you have the wi- um, wide sc- um, flat screen behind the counter that um, also advertises you know what um, what uh, your um, the um, game um, your scheduled games are. Um, also, I also noticed that you guys are having like the DC. Um, you're like promoting DC Comics too, which is pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things. <laughs> One, this was another one of those interesting observations. Is we found we had a calendar at the shop, which was you know, we had a, uh, a printed uh, piece of paper with mm-hmm. a calendar with all our events listed on it, which we tacked onto a you know a, a cork board mm-hmm. in the front of the shop. So it's nice and easy to see, and the, yeah, the print think, was yeah. easy enough to see. But you know what? 
when you put it on a TV, there's something about the TV. People <laughs> notice it more. People watch it, and uh -huh. people wait for the thing to come back around <laughs> to see what what time the event is. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> so there's something noticeable about it. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask. So does that did that help you know, like get bring more customers for like the gaming stuff? I don't know if that specifically brought more people in, but it, it people were definitely noticing it. Okay. Because you know, uh, I would have. Uh, people that I'd be helping at the counter. And of course, the TV is behind me, so yeah. I don't know what, what you know what's playing. So I'm helping a customer, and he goes, he'll tell me like, oh, okay, well, I'll see you guys this Friday at the tournament, the one that you guys have on your board. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, so, That's really good. You know, so, yeah, it does work. It works very well. <laughs> you know, so again, Julius, you know, thank you very much for your time. You know, John and Eric, you know, thank you very much for your questions. And, you know, and a big mahalo to John and Drew. You know, thank you for letting me contribute to your guys' podcast. And, you know, to all the listeners, thank you very much for your time. I know there are times we have to stop um, because um, I'm interviewing Julius um, um, while his shop is um, open. Thank you very much for all the pauses and so forth. You know, so again, listeners, thank you very much. Until next time, aloha. That was my interview with Julius Idano of Westside Comics and Games. Now, even though we laughed about him having this, you know, dream when he was a teenager to one day open up his own comic book and game shop, you know, it showed he already had a vision, you know, to have a safe haven where gamers and comic book fans like myself, you know, for all ages, you know, to come and hang out and most importantly, to have fun. You know, and he has accomplished that because this year marks the store's fifth anniversary. The store opened on August 5th, 2013. You know, I want to wish Julius and his store an early happy fifth anniversary. Julius, may your store continue to live long and prosper. Now, if you're vacationing in Hawaii, please stop by the store or please visit their website, www.westsidecomicsandgames.com. Or follow them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Westside Comics and Games. You know, now there's a few people I want to give a big mahalo to or thank you that, you know, that helped make this episode possible. First off, to my Ohioan brothers, Kyle and Drew, you know, for letting me contribute to their podcast. You know, and also Drew, thank you very much for putting this episode together. Thank you very much. If you are a new listener to this podcast, Please check out their weekly episode, you know, where Kyle and Drew, they go over spec picks on current releases. My second thank you goes out to John Mayo. You know, I will always thank John Mayo because he's always given me the opportunity, you know, to share a bit of um, the Hawaiian pop culture scene with you, the listeners. And also, please check out um, John's um, um, podcast episode, um, the Weekly Comic Spotlight, where he and James reviewed three current titles. Also, um, I also want to give out big thanks to Eric from Kawabunga Comics. You know, Eric, um, thank you very much for your questions um, uh, for this interview. And you know what? You can also catch Eric on his podcast. Him and his um, Kawabunga business partner, James, they have their own podcast called The Cowcast. Now, that's Cowcast with a K. You know, and that podcast, basically, it's where they give a little bit um, background information on how to run a comic shop. And also, I want to give a big mahalo to Julius. Julius, thank you for your time and your patience in doing this interview. And lastly, I want to thank you, the listeners. 
for your time in listening you know, to this episode. Until next time, aloha.